0: Hey everybody, I'm Scott Bullington, and thank you so much for joining us today. Now, short-term gains many times lead to long-term pains, and that's a saying that goes hand in hand with the idea of an environment under controlled chaos. And in so many medical practices of every size, controlled chaos is born from the concept of management being either misunderstood or discarded altogether. Now, The fact is, it may be the most mission-critical element to a sustainably efficient practice that there is. And even so, in smaller practices than larger practices, because the room for error is so much lower. But what really is management, and where does it fit in, and what effect does management have on an efficient, less stressful practice, not to mention patient outcomes? Well, we got a lot to cover in this topic of management today, so get your notepads out because I think we're really going to reframe how you see management carried out in your business. All right, so let's jump into today's conversation, and I am very happy to introduce to everyone Dave Mukherjee. Now, Dave is currently the practice administrator with Southwest Sports and Spine Center in Fort Worth, Texas. And and Southwest Sports and Spine has experienced a wonderful growth of its physician base, its staff, its referrals and an expansion of services. Now, Dave has also been in healthcare for quite a while, but he also has experience in other sectors as well. And that type of experience is what brings innovative thinking to an industry that is, well, quite frankly, siloed in our own approach to how business should be done. And don't let me forget, for all you homers out there, yes, Dave is a hometown guy. He received his master's from TCU, so there's you a check mark in the win column. So Dave, welcome, and I am so glad you could be with us today. Scott, thank you so much for that warm introduction;
1: very flattering. Uh, first of all, I'm humbled to be here and and spending time with you in this conversation. Uh, glad to be here, and and look forward to to sharing uh, my thoughts uh, and perspectives
0: with you in this conversation today. Thank you again. Hey, you bet, man. It's it's going to be a good one. And before we get started, um, give our listeners some background on what led you to a pursuit and a role in management and then tell us a fun fact about yourself.
1: Now that's no great great question very challenging. Uh, thank you. I like many things in life, I had an opportunity to get into, specifically healthcare and physician practice management many years ago. And I was struck by how little managers and leaders were empowered to really employ business principles to the operation of healthcare. And that really struck with me quite a bit in my journeys throughout you implied other sectors I did financial services and private equity for several years before coming back into healthcare and it's kind of neat and fun to employ some of those strategies and processes and technologies into the space that we're in right now so I guess that's a long-winded way of saying I um have I think my personality is suited to practice management. It's very fluid. It's very fast. You've got to be nimble and proactive. And I I think a lot of a lot of this is due to the fact that, um, frankly, it really parallels with my personality and my drive and energy level. You'd asked about a fun fact. Um, I'm a fun guy, but I don't, this isn't really that fun kind of, but I, I have been camping in 50 states and I lack Alaska. So I'm hoping sometime soon in the next couple of years, I can run up to Alaska, Alaska, do a little camping and I'll have nailed all states from a camping standpoint. So not sure if that's real fun, but to me, that is kind of fun.
0: Hey, I, I, man, I, I think that's really fun. I love that. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully that will happen pretty soon. So, I, I, I love what you said, and and it and and it sounds like, you know, that your pursuit in management was, was definitely personality driven, but also it it sounds like it really spoke to you that management can really impact healthcare, and and that a good efficient management. Um, can, can help patients as well. So, I mean, it, it's definitely a ripple effect. Um, I want to get into our first uh, conversation, kind of our first topic. And, and you know, Dave, in, in healthcare, there, there's a lot of different ideas and beliefs about what a manager's role is in a medical practice. And I want to first talk about like the typical roles and responsibilities that we see happening in a typical practice, you know, if, if we were to walk in uh, just on any given day, what do we normally see a practice manager or an office manager doing in, in a lot of medical practices? What would you describe?
1: Scott, that's a wow. What a
0: great question.
1: And certainly in the spirit of being transparent and, and just real, so to speak, with you. Um, I really think that speaks to the heart of physician practices, and oftentimes, and I, I'm sure I'm guilty of it too in my practice. But to be honest with you, I've seen in many, many practices, not just here in Fort Worth, but all over the country, in some of my other experiences. But and it's not necessarily bad in the in the short run. But Scott, I'd use the term control chaos. A lot of energy, a lot of can do, a lot of helping physicians and providers and staff and patients and hearts are in the right place, but it's almost like an orchestra that's not that that's a little out of tune or maybe
0: a lot out of tune. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that have you seen that in your your travels? I have, um, and I think. I think control chaos is probably uh, a perfect example of how how we don't have how we don't have processes. We don't have a certain system. We don't have uh, things in place. We're really not taking a management approach. We're taking a uh, a, a task or a skills approach um, to to um, to try to impact things in the practice. Um, so rather they're rather than there being a process or rather than there being oversight, um, you know, I see, I see a lot of, um, daily work being done, uh, by managers. Now, granted in a, in a small practice, sometimes they do have to do some of the daily work. They do have to fill in and they do have to answer phones. They do have to sometimes do the billing. They do sometimes have to, uh, I, you know, anything, Fax, copy, whatever the case may be. But, um, but also what I've seen in not just medical practices, but other businesses is that instead of the manager managing the process, what I see is the manager actually doing the work and, um, uh, instead of delegating. And I think that goes back. Um, I think that goes back a little bit to, um, to, to possibly not understanding uh, efficient management, not understanding the roles and responsibilities and how to develop a management strategy in a practice. So that's that that's what I see. And, and again, I go back, I think it becomes, uh, again, controlled chaos where, and, and you said to me before as we've had a conversation where it's definitely much more reactive than proactive, right? Right, um, So. Right. I think that I think that's kind of been your experience as well.
1: Yeah. And again, things get done under the reactionary control chaos scenario, don't get me wrong, but in the long term or long run approach, the the lack of maybe a structure or organizational management really takes a toll on staff, on yourself and on the business. And, you know, certainly it's, it's kind of a short-term gain, uh, which in my perspective sometimes creates long-term pain, if that makes any sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think too, um, you know, I, I, I think that when when we get into talking about management strategies and 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 what may or may not be lacking in an office, you know, we're not talking about offices that have twenty employees and five to ten providers. I mean, this could be a single provider office. This could be a two-provider office. Um, you know, there could be two staff members, three staff members, four staff members, but um, at the same time. I think in every situation regardless of your business you have to look at it from the standpoint of the the technical level of the business that does the the that produces the service that produces the product the management level of the business that designs the system that designs the process that puts these things in place and the entrepreneurial vision and 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 if we take that middle part out then what we're doing again uh, I go back to uh, something I stated in a, in a previous episode is that we're, we're bringing someone with a skill, but we're not plugging that skill into a process. So we're not creating this effect that, that, that becomes repetitious, that becomes repeatable, that becomes predictable. Um, and, and, and that's where we also start to get into what you touched on a while ago is some of the symptoms. Uh, a lot of frustration uh, from staff, a lot of frustration from patients, um, a lot of frustrations from the providers and the business owners. Um, and, and I think there's a lot more symptoms that come into play there, too. I mean, what would you, what would you add to that list of, of symptoms that you know, our, our listeners would see in their business or their medical practice that, uh, that exist without a healthy management strategy? No, totally.
1: Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. Great, great, great point and great question. And I do want to go back to something you said, Scott. Yeah, it, this is regardless or independent of the size of a practice, um, you've got to have, you know, some level of structure and and definitely independent of that larger 20 position office with 30 or 40, 50 staff support, A smaller practice, a solo practitioner, um, you could argue that structure is even more important because that is amplified so much more quickly and shows up, so to speak, on the books a lot faster. So in a way, counterintuitively, having structure in a smaller practice is probably mission critical for the se- long-term success of 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 that of that business um, but uh, but to your point as far as what i've seen in 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 even my own experience here is indicative of of a lack of structure or you know you know there, there's a it breeds you know you don't you don't have a good level of communication departments aren't talking with departments within uh, or functions within the practice are not on the same page um, creating redundancy uh, duplicated work uh, you know, certainly staff level dissatisfaction to, to an extent. Uh, And, and, you know, I, I, I think, you know, those are some of the items that I've seen off the top of my mind
0: that, um, you know, you, you speak of. And I, I would even, uh, uh, and, and I think that's a, that's a great point. I, I really haven't even thought about it from the perspective of an, uh, even a smaller practice should rely more and, and have a process in place and really understand efficient management. Um, because your point, I think, is well received that the issues show up much faster and, uh, and yeah. it does hit the bottom line much faster um, because you don't right. have as much revenue coming in to cover up the problems. So um, I also think some of the, you know, some of the symptoms are just uh, also associated with, with certain lack of. Um, you don't have benchmarks in place. Um, you you can't if, if we were to walk into an office right now and say what are some of your goals for this year what are your referral goals what are your revenue goals what are your visit goals um, what's your hiring plan you know what is your what is your marketing plan and is that and is that marketing plan in line with the you know the, the internal operations of your practice um, those are a lot of the symptoms I, I, I even talk about so it doesn't even have to be a symptom of dissatisfied patients, dissatisfied people, it could just be the lack of those measurements even being in place, uh, I would consider a symptom as well. Um, Yeah, totally. I mean,
1: if you don't know, I mean, if you don't have a sense for basic, you know, metrics, um, patient volume, collections, accounts receivable, how fast they're turning over as far as getting paid, um, you know, what, what, what what is your what is the physician's goals? Uh, how does that match up as well? Um, I certainly think that is indicative of a unhealthy management strategy,
0: um, for sure. Right now, and and I want to point out here as we're kind of going down this road because there's probably a lot of people listening that here that are hearing these symptoms, and 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 some of this is beginning to sound very familiar in their own practice, and. And what we I think that you and I have even said what we really want to emphasize here is, you know, we're not condemning anyone uh, uh, or, or we're not saying that anybody is is making mistakes or, or doing things wrong. I think what this is, is this is an opportunity for us to really open the door of conversation to present ideas and, and present uh, new ways of thinking and and how to look at this conversation, and how to look at the topic of management and efficient management a little differently, because I think um, you know I, I think you would agree that when we describe these types of things and we describe you know uh, management that happens in offices, um, and, and and we've said it before, these aren't things that are just common to medical practices. These things are a common amongst a lot in many, many small businesses. Um, And, and part of it again, is, is a lack of knowing. It's a lack of exposure to these types of thoughts, to these concepts, to this type of structure, or, or even the, you know, these learning opportunities. And, and I'm, and I'm glad that's why we're getting to have this conversation because at the end of the day, like you said earlier, Dave, management has the opportunity to have a direct impact on the medical practice but the direct impact on the medical practice also impacts the lives of its patients and the health and the wellness of those patients as well um but let's let's go back and why you know why is it that we think that that some of these things exist some of these problems exist and that you know Frankly, the some of the managers that are, are in these positions, you know why how did it happen you know how did these right. how, how did people get throw, thrown into this position without the understanding of, of what management is so I mean what what would you say to that?
1: yeah great great point and and I, I want to touch on one other thing that you said a few minutes ago no certainly. Um, You know, I, I always say, and you may disagree, but there's no perfect practice out there. Right. But what I'm always after is incremental change, incremental improvement, and always trying to figure out what, what is the next best practice. And I like to put that into my practice every day. So certainly, um, Scott, I'm not holding... Myself or our, our practice here in Fort Worth, Texas, as as a shining example, there's always always room for improvement, which is what I try to impart to our, our teammates and staff as well as providers. There's always an opportunity to get better, so to speak, or stronger, so to speak. But yeah, as far as your your question that you you you're asking or or suggesting. In 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 practices you I've seen Scott someone that has a has developed a remarkable niche or subject matter expert tease and they have done well in in that area whatever that may be it could be front desk and that person that person he or she has exemplary attendance. Uh, always collects time of service money, is good with patience. and uh, with, with a year or two experience that person, he or she is promoted to office or practice manager without um, a thinking or process of, wow, you know, you're bringing someone from who's done exceedingly well from one perspective of the practice, and you're asking them to conduct the orchestra, and that's that's tough. That's a tough stretch. Uh, and, and sometimes not always, but sometimes that can, can not always roll out the way it was originally intended to be.
0: No, I, and, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to follow up with, with that. And, and I think what you said is, is a perfect example of, you know, really good at a technical skill. And now we're gonna go, uh, go be the director of this whole orchestra. And, and what, I, what I typically find is that um, with, without that person having the exposure of what management is and how to really develop a management strategy and the processes um, to put in place, I, I, I typically find that person moving back into that comfort zone of that niche that they were really good at. And, uh, and pretty soon, other things just aren't seen or paid attention to, or, or they're just not aware that there's other elements that you know we need to be looking at. There's other metrics uh, that we need to be looking at. So I think that's how some of this evolves. And again, this isn't just a medical practice thing. This is most small businesses, uh, especially family-run businesses, because... right. Because at the end of the day, the business owner looks at people they trust, like you said, somebody who's there all the time, who's punctual, who's very good at their skill. They trust that that person's going to do the job. Um, it may be a family member, it may be a senior employee, and and again, I, you know, these are these are how these roles uh, typically come and typically develop. So, um, so I think that's what puts people in this place. And again you said it 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 it's it's almost an unfair situation sometimes um but again going back to what we want to really emphasize here is this conversation is really to bring about awareness of what what else we can do how else we can grow what else we can learn And, um, and that the things that we're experiencing today are not necessarily the same things we're going to experience tomorrow. Um, there, there is that opportunity to grow. There is that opportunity to learn. And, and just like you said earlier too, you know, incremental difference, um, putting things in place that, that begin to grow and change over time. So, um, and, and I'm with you too, you know, I, I've gone through a learning process just like many people have. And there's things that I'm still learning today. There's things that I'm still having to put in place today. Um, You know, just like earlier, I hope everybody picked up on the fact that I, there was something you said about a small practice being at uh, more of a disadvantage uh, for efficient management than a large practice. And I would have probably had it the other way around. And I, I definitely have to agree with you. So again, you know, always an opportunity to learn and always an opportunity to learn from each other. So Yeah, I agree with you. I'd I'd say, sorry, I'd I'd throw this in there too, that,
1: you know, you you said something that really resonates and we're obviously, we're all human in in the sense of we as humans uh, and and not to get into industrial psychology, but Scott, man, you know that we all gravitate either consciously or subconsciously to our comfort zones and it's important to recognize that because that always, or sometimes, I shouldn't say always, I'm sorry, sometimes that does not serve the practice well. And I, I find myself day to day trying to step out of, and it's a cliche, but it's true to an extent, my, my comfort zone. I, I, I am not a subject matter expert in every single field that affects our practice uh, and so every day I'm trying to step out of what's not so familiar and what's not so comfortable and what's not really my background or experience because ultimately that helps me get that incremental improvement that I've been looking for or wanting or needing and you know running a healthcare practice especially as an independent practice in this society in the post COVID. Um, with an economic rebound in in the wings hopefully it's exciting but it's also challenging and probably even more challenging now in this environment hence the, the 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 my sense of 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 a sense of urgency to to expound on what I'm not comfortable what my levels of weakness need to be and and grow out and 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 expand upon those so I, I, you really summed it up well as far as using the term comfort zone.
0: Thank you. And, and, and so, you know, we've through this conversation, you know, let's, let's get into the, the, the meat of this now. And, cause I think, you know, everybody's kind of realizing different areas of, of their practice and their business. And I think the real meat of this is if we were to go in and design a manager's role from the beginning, you know, what would we teach somebody to make that role more effective? You know, how I mean, this this is the OK, where do we go from here portion uh, of, of, of the conversation? How, what, what would what would be what what would come to mind that you would want to implement or show and begin teaching someone, Dave? That's
1: a great, that's a great question. It's it's multi, multi-answers. Uh I I really think apart from having strong, great staff and employees and a team members, that to me, that's the critical background of of, of orchestrating and implementing anything from a any management or organizational structure. I think you've really got to understand. At a high level, the business, its goals, and start drilling down from there. We're a specialist practice. And so we are heavily, for instance, dependent on referrals from both primary care and other specialists. And so we are very, we have designed our business model to make it easy, as an example, for referring offices to send us the referrals, however they may. We have designed a process to get those patients scheduled within a very, very short period of time. We talk about that actively with our physicians and with our with our team members. We we are we we measure that metric. We measure those outcomes both financially as well as from a patient satisfaction standpoint. That's just one aspect of, of taking a top-down perspective, then beginning to drill down into that process. And in, in a way, it's kind of like making sure your elevator, as corny as that sounds, goes up and down to the first floor, the second floor, and the third floor, and goes back up and down very smoothly. Um, to me, that would be critical. And as I said, I you know, all of this is predicated on having good staff, that understand the goals and the missions, and 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 work well together, and understand their role
0: and and the greater picture as well. So, if um, you know, if if I were to if I were going to jump in, I think you know exactly what you said, and and I would um, uh, I would emphasize that one of the first things that, that I would do is I would sit down with a person and I would ask them to understand the difference between process and skill and, and begin to recognize that, um, that kind of what we mentioned before, you know, you have to have a process to plug in the skill in each one of these areas and really begin to identify the different areas, um, that, that we need to build a process in. Um, and how do we plug that skill in there? So I would begin, I would be talking about um, you know, the difference between process and skill, the difference between the technical element of the business and the management element of the business. And, and also, how, um, you know, how a manager really is the, the resource, kind of like you said, really balancing things. Uh, being a nucleus for all the stakeholders in the business—the patients, the providers, the employees, the vendors—and um, and and really being able to manage that
1: communication,
0: and then uh, also set down and and again just reiterating what you said, look at, monitor, and interpret metrics and budgeting and and, and measurements. So, you know, I, I think those are some of the things that we would do, and 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 please, everybody, just understand that. These are just titles. You know, these are labels that we're putting on all the different elements that are part of management, the, you know, leadership, um, you know, a whole nother element, be, understanding how to be a manager coach, a whole nother element. And And they all have a learning curve with them. So what I don't want anybody to do is I don't want anybody to say, oh my gosh, I got so much to do. I'm never going to be able to learn this again, I'm going to go back to what Dave said about even implementing something, implementing in your own knowledge base, incremental change, you know, and then implementing in the practice incremental change. It's the same thing. You know, look at what, you know, look and identify what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are against some of the things that we've discussed. And that's where you begin to really look and, and, and determine some incremental change and in what you can do and what you can design within a practice. So, um, you know, I, I think we've we've touched on um, you know one of the other questions I, I wanted to talk about before we jump off here, Dave, is you know what are the things and the in the attributes that really help uh, a, a person become an effective manager? And I, I know we've I know we've talked about them throughout, uh, kind of throughout here, but I really want to go back and, and maybe try to sum those up a little bit closer before we wind up here uh, and, and again, just to really look at some of the traits, um, you know, of an individual, uh, in that management role and, and what it is that they need to consider, um, about those characteristics. So do you have any, do you have some of those to? Yes, bring?
1: Scott, great, interesting question. Um,
0: and you know, that, that's,
1: uh, great, great. Uh, you know, I, I it's it's very diverse. Um, I think though there's some common elements to an effective manager, and and again that that is someone that understands the goals and the mission and the vision and the strategy of the practice, and can articulate. And and I'm I'm putting myself in a in, Scott in in a smaller practice that's running and go gunning. uh, But you, you know, an effective manager's got to be able to understand the goals of that practice and where they are and where they want to go and be able to create out of their comfort zone, different, different workflows based on different functions of the practice, be able to understand them, be able to create opportunities for the right person with the right skill set to plug in because remember skill is so important but putting that skill within that river of process is what you're really trying to do and you need someone as much as it's important to be an actual doer and occasionally have to jump in you've got to create the process And there are multiple streams of process throughout any practice, and it's plugging that skill, that person, that individual with that right skill set into the process that you see the leverage that the skill within the process creates, be it improved efficiencies, getting patients scheduled faster, improved profitability, greater turnover in your accounts receivable.
0: That makes sense. Is that, is that, do you see that too? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I, I see that completely and I, I would say too, you know, um, one of the traits that that you brought up earlier and, and as I'm sitting here going through my list of, of, of traits that I would say it, it goes back to continuous improvement. Somebody who, can continually look, um, you know, you're, you're, when you talk about plugging those things in and, and really plugging those skill sets into the processes, is really look at how how those processes are affected, how they uh, how they improve, but also look for that continuous improvement of always take, keeping that mindset of we've never really arrived. Um, everything we do always has the opportunity to be reevaluated. Uh, for improvements, right. And also um, keeping in mind that something else you, you brought up in another conversation we had is that a manager has to have the ability to um, meet the needs, not necessarily the wants. So you, you've got to be able to, to find out. And, and a lot of that goes back to what you said earlier about understanding the goals of the practice, understanding the goals of the business to be able to meet the needs, not necessarily the wants and um and also to be someone who can inspire uh action and communicate effectively and 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 i've heard you use the term communicate uh, many times and i and i think that is an overall um uh, theme where effective management is is being able to communicate because if you're if you can't uh, effectively communicate to other people then what happens is instead of inspiring action, we dictate action. And, right. and we, start, we start telling people what to do instead of uh, inspiring them to be able to do it. And, and when we can inspire somebody, then they're not gonna take ownership of a role, they're not gonna take ownership of a task. And, and that becomes problematic as well. And that goes back originally to some of those symptoms that we, that we talked about. So um, I, I think those are some great examples that you gave. And, and those are some of the things that I see, um, you know, from, a, from an effective management standpoint. And, and, and I know that, it, that uh, you know, we've, we've, we've had a long list of responsibilities uh, that go along with being an effective manager and, and having an effective management strategy. I mean, you know, we've talked about processes versus task and leadership capacity and benchmarking metrics and marketing alignment. Um, but I'm just thinking... Like if if when our listeners leave this conversation and uh, and and we're we're finished talking, if somebody were to just sit down and say, okay, what is the absolute first thing I should do to get on this path of improvement and um, and and starting and starting to develop myself as a manager? and create effective management in my practice what is the just the one thing i could do what would you what would you throw at him right now Dave? i think it's um
1: it's again great great questions uh scott in this conversation um you're really hitting at the heart of it wow that's a tough one i i think you know we could talk about that for a long time if you if you'd force me to to ask it or give you one item i i i think you really you know apart from i can't i can't stress enough to me the importance of you know your your greatest resource in a practice is your human resources apart from that it's really understand just because you have a process in place That doesn't necessarily mean it's the most efficient or the right process. And, uh, you know, you, you know, we've, we've thrown around the term incremental and I think it's really understanding and reflecting on the process. Do you have the right skills within each process flow within the practice? And are they really working together in in concert like a like an orchestra we you know I threw through the term around you've got the conductor and the symphony but are is it really is it playing beautiful music and I know that's kind of uh, an analogy it certainly is but I, I think if again apart from the right team in place that is the one item that if I had to point to one, it would be that, um, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we are absolute, we're singing the same tune, uh, in that regard, because I, I do believe the greatest asset that a business a medical practice anybody has is, is the human, uh, capital and the human asset. And, um, and really beginning to look at that and utilize it effectively. So, um, I don't think I could add anything to, to what you said where, where that's concerned. Um, I, I just, I, I think that is probably the one place I would start is really evaluating the skills and how to utilize those, uh, those individuals effectively. And that, that kind of leads me to, uh, the, the very last thing. And this is a huge topic. And I don't mean just in terms of, um, how important it is. I mean, From the width of different elements that we could discuss, and also the, you know, just even breaking down a process, how to build a process, how to plug in those technical elements, what benchmarks we need to be looking at, Um, even how to have an effect on the patient care system, you know, patient access. There's so many things where where management is concerned that we want to be able to um, help. Others understand, and we want to um, uh, help that become a, a part of the practice. Because at the end of the day, I think the one thing that Dave and I really share is that <clears throat> we we really are dedicated to the development, the well being, and the existence of independent practices and um, and and independent providers. And I think that's why we're so passionate. About trying to uh, help practices and have this conversation, really break it down to where we can provide knowledge. Um, you know, uh, we can provide on-site consultation all you know all day long, and that and that's a whole nother conversation um, that that we're gonna you know that we're going to um, emphasize to you. Uh, you know, that that should be done <clears throat> is to really reach out, get help, and that's what we're here for, and that's one of the reasons that we're talking today. But I think the other thing that you can that you can probably expect from us and, and Dave, we've mentioned this uh, previously, but we want to continue this conversation. You know, we want to have uh, other episodes to where we talk about processes. We talk about skill sets. We talk about metrics, patient, you know, all those different labels that we've mentioned. So the one thing that I want everybody to know is just stay on the lookout and um, we, we are going to have uh, other conversations about different topics. And um, Dave, I you know, I hope I didn't speak for you, but I hope you're going to be with me on those, are you?
1: Scott, I'm, I'm, I, I would love to be part of this uh, conversation, ongoing conversations. It's, it's something that I do every day. And not that I'm looking forward to Monday morning, but, you know, th- this has really inspired me to even dig deeper and figure out what incremental changes that I can I can orchestrate and keep keep working it's tough to be in private practice and um, you know with with everything that comes out at us and so totally I would love to continue the conversation and and continue being inspired
0: by your your wonderful thoughts and ideas well I appreciate that and I'm I'm really looking forward to it and hey with that being said we're going to take a break for our sponsor and we'll be right back Hey everyone, Scott Bullington here, and I want to let you know about the upcoming workshop that I put together called The Medical Practice Everyone Wants to Be. And in the workshop, we'll tackle the stress, the financial uncertainties, and the frustrations of running a healthcare business by shifting the framework of how you approach your business in a hands-on, interactive program with tools and resources that you'll begin applying right away. So watch for your email, and I'll see you in the workshop. All right. We're going to wrap it up here today and it's been a great conversation with Dave and again I want to thank Dave so much for joining us today. And if you want to contact Dave you can reach him at d that's d m u k h e r j e e at southwestsportsandspin.com. And remember, I'm always here to help. And I might not make you a better doctor, but I can make you a better business owner. So email me at scott@ at imstx.net until next time peace out everyone